It is a nighttime spectacular. Absolutely the second edition, Slee, of Travis and Sliwa. And I, I, I'm glad that Chris had it in there because I was a little worried yeah, that he's wrong you too. might not come everybody, back for a second everybody's show after wrong. your Brenda decision from a week ago. Yeah, everybody's wrong. I mean, that's the <laughs> bottom line. And I feel bad for everybody else because I went out. I took actually a survey. I went out <laughs> yeah. there, Trav. I went door to door. I went knocking on doors and overwhelmingly <laughs> Brenda Walsh. I mean, it, it was... Pretty ridiculous. Now, I will say, since we had some time to kind of look at, uh, I had some time to kind of do additional research. <laughs> sure. There might have been some better looking women. There might have been. <laughs> I, but yeah. I'm I'm living uh, and dying on this one. Um, Brenda Walsh, no, no well, question. Look, I, I respect your ability to, to take a position and try to defend it. I think that that's an important trait in our business. But I also think just there is something. Facts. Just that, speaking that facts. There, there is a point where you have to realize that you're just <laughs> dead wrong and move on. That, that, that's fine, too. That, that, like, everybody likes a guy that can understand when they've made a mistake and just keep it moving. You're, you're fine. You're I'd, rather, I'd rather just not admit I'm wrong, even though deep down I know I'm wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So much like we did last week, we're going to do it again this week as well. We want to make sure that everybody that's listening is also participating. You can send us tweets at Travis Rogers. You can send them at Alan Sliwa. We're going to do our very best to read as many of those. We're going to do phone calls as well. 877-710-3776. Physical mail. Uh, Travis, give out your give out your address. Hard pass on that. Well, <laughs> you know, this is funny. This is funny. We'll kind of get to this later because I know we want to talk about what we were doing the last time we actually got to go do something. Today is, or I should say tomorrow was the first round of the Genesis Open. That was the last thing I went to do. But mm. a lot of things have changed over the course of the last year or so. You just mentioned the, the mail address. When was the last time you were waiting for a piece of mail? Like, hey, you know, somebody's sending me something. It was actually coming through the mail. I think it was somewhere around 1986 for me. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I have no idea. You know what happens with me, and you probably get this too, around the holidays. Everybody yeah. just starts sending you know, sisters and friends. Hey, here's our family. Here's our kids. Whether you asked for this or you didn't, it is in your mail and you're going to put it up on your refrigerator or whatever the case is. Those are the only things. I think that's the last time I got it. It's just around the holidays. That's it's it. It's been a while. It is absolutely Bill collectors. Been a while. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's the thing. You don't even get bills in the mail anymore. You just pay them online and that's keep right. it moving. That's right. You, get, you even get the threatening you haven't paid your bill Wait, do you do, online. Do you do everything now where everything is just... Uh, you know how they say, hey, to save paper, just go everything online? Uh, I still have a few it, that yeah. I'm still getting still getting in the mail. And I'm, well, and you I, can, I, I've also opted out on real mail on just about everything, but they send it anyway. It's, uh, I don't know. There, yeah. there, there's some, some, somebody somewhere is getting money. on mail. They want their money. I don't understand how it works. All right, let's talk about this. This is something that I know we'll spend a lot of time on tomorrow leading up to it. I know that you'll spend a lot of time pregame show and then postgame show and all that stuff for the Lakers, but the Brooklyn Nets coming to town tomorrow. I don't want to talk about this stupid – Timberwolves, who cares, right? I mean, that, the worst team in the West playing against the best team in the Let West. Let me go through we, Ricky Rubio's stat line real exactly, quick. Exactly. I want to go exactly. through his last eight seasons. Right, but the one coming up tomorrow, because you tell me how you feel about this, because mm-hmm. here, here's where I'm coming at this. I think it's moderately interesting, not important, but moderately interesting for the Lakers tomorrow night to just kind of get a sense of where they are without Anthony Davis. I think it's downright important for Brooklyn tomorrow hmm. to win this game because if they can't beat a Laker team without Anthony Davis, if they can't come in and find a way to get a Laker team that is, you know, at least reasonably vulnerable, their second best player isn't there, 
I think that is a statement that sticks with you through the rest of the season, going into the playoffs, going into potentially an NBA Finals matchup. I think this is a far more important game for the visitors tomorrow night than it is for the Lakers. I think both sides have excuses. You know, Trav, if if Brooklyn ends up losing that game, they're going to say, well, we didn't have Kevin Durant. I mean, KD's not playing. You know, they just had this comeback yesterday against the Phoenix Suns. Came back, I think they were down 24, something along those lines. Yep. They're kind of playing with house money. For the Lakers, it's going to be the same exact thing. If James Harden has a triple-double tomorrow and puts up 35-12-12 and and Brooklyn comes out with a win, I mean, I I actually think that I'd be more disappointed at this point with Kevin Durant out of the game. We know AD's out. Now I'm expecting the Lakers to win. You know what I mean? I, I, I wasn't... I kind of was coming into this game tomorrow saying, eh, it is what it is. Michael and I were given some predictions on these nine games. Don't count yesterday's game, so eight games left before the All-Star break. Okay. Knowing that Anthony Davis is going to be out, now all of a sudden I, I kind of have the mindset of, no, that that's that you should win that game. I mean, if it's James Harden and Kyrie Irving, um, it, you still got enough firepower and guys that actually play defense, and Brooklyn still has a ton of question marks. If KD's not in tomorrow, I expect the Lakers to win. Huh. And KD's I, not in tomorrow, so we already know that. Yeah, I I don't know. Two is better than one, right? I mean, if Kyrie goes, and he didn't go last night, it was just James Harden and the rest of them last night, but if he goes and Kyrie goes and LeBron's able to do what LeBron is always able to do, and that is just say, hey, you know, you guys understand that I know that I'm bald. I know that I've got some gray in my beard. <laughs> I love that's you, the first thing do, that you said. I'm do bald. you guys understand? Well, I'm a little sensitive. It's a little close to home. <laughs> I'm but, wearing a hat on radio, yeah. okay? So don't, don't tell me it's sensitive. <laughs> but that's one of those – I'm still the best at this. You and, and especially with Kyrie, he can look across that court and see him, and they'll do the thing where they pretend they like each other. Mm-hmm. They don't. And they'll do that thing where they, oh, yeah, no, tons of respect for him and tons of blah, blah, blah. LeBron knows what Kyrie said last year. LeBron knows that Kyrie Irving has been on zero good teams that weren't also LeBron James teams. Mm -hmm. Kyrie in Cleveland was terrible. Kyrie went to Boston. Boston was better without him than they were with him. They were thrilled when he decided to leave. And his tenure in Brooklyn has been a mixed bag at this point. So that's one of those things that LeBron lives for. That's one of those moments that LeBron just loves. He, He rarely says anything, but through his actions, he makes it very clear that you thought that you were the part that made this thing go. When everyone knows that I'm the part that makes this thing go, watch this. Well, you, you know what's funny is the way you put it that way, I mean, I, I think most people are looking at tomorrow's game, and if there was – I mean, when the schedule just came out, before James Harden even came to the Brooklyn Nets, you were looking, when are the Lakers going to play the Brooklyn Nets? You wanted to see that matchup. You lose Kevin uh, Kevin Durant, you lose Anthony Davis – Trev, there's still so many good storylines. I mean, the way you just hyped it up right there, you would have thought everybody's playing. I mean, they're, the storyline of LeBron James going up against Kyrie Irving, if you want to use that as a, as a conversation, I, I, I guess I just don't pay that much attention to Kyrie. The man can score. The man is unbelievable. But really what he is, ultimately, he's an individual on a team. And unless he decides, I'm in this for everybody, whatever we need to do to win – uh, there's always going to be that question with the Brooklyn Nets, which, by the way, I'm the one that b- keeps yapping. I think Brooklyn's going to make it to the NBA Finals, and I think they'd be incredibly tough out. But it, it does. There's there's this weight on the question mark is what is Kyrie Ir- Kyrie Irving going to be for that team? Not how talented he is, but how much he's willing to sacrifice. Well, you know, you'll hear me say this a lot. The, the, the longer we do the show, the more you're going to hear me say this. Everybody's got a deal. 
everybody's got something that they mm-hmm. do that doesn't sit great with other people that they have to get. You know what I mean? Like everybody's Except got Brenda something Walsh. in them. Except Brenda Walsh. <laughs> yeah, well, she's got more than one. Um, <laughs> but Kyrie's deal is he's one of those guys that thinks he's the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. and everyone else knows that he's not. Somebody mm-hmm. did him a service very early in his life and said, you know what, you're kind of interesting. He picked that up and ran with it because he says the craziest stuff, and he's, he does he doesn't quite get that. You know what? To you, you said it yourself. This is a team game, and there needs to be some sort of understanding of the hierarchy of these teams, in particular in basketball, where everybody's at. You know, in baseball it doesn't really matter when it's my turn to bat. It's my turn to bat. If Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts are battling for whose team it is, it doesn't really matter because they don't fight to see who goes up to bat with the game on the line. It's either their turn or it's not. In football, you have to do your job or nothing else gets done. In basketball, we're all out there at the same time, and Kyrie has never quite understood that he needs to be a part of something as opposed to be the something. And he goes out of his way to be the something, and I think that aggravated LeBron. LeBron understands how talented of a guy Kyrie is. LeBron certainly understands that you know he made the championship we got in Cleveland possible, but he's also probably looking at him thinking, dude, you need to understand how this works. This is about me, and then it's about you, not the other way around. But you know, Trav, I, I don't even think... I don't even know if if LeBron even thinks twice about that because they're on such different levels. You know what I mean? I, I, I never look at the best players in the league and the top players in the NBA and ever that conversation comes out about Kyrie Irving. By the way, let me also say this. Kyrie's cold-blooded. The guy can get a bucket anytime. That no game question. seven shot, you know, the no step question. back over Steph Curry. The dude is a absolute baller, but... There are certain, you know, you look at, I mean, look at Kevin Durant. I mean, KD is, um, he's just an unbelievable basketball player. And that style and what he could do on the defensive side, there's certain players, very, very small amount that you even have in the conversation with LeBron. Uh, I'm, I, I would not be surprised at all if LeBron does not lose any sleep ever trying to kind of have that conversation about what Kyrie is in today's league. I, I, would, I would disagree with that, and here's why. I think that if LeBron could have it his way exactly and just speak truthfully about these sorts of things publicly it would be that he didn't like how Kyrie went at him last year he didn't because you're right what what you said is right no one thinks the only person that you can kind of sort of put in LeBron's universe is hey look just head to head if both of these guys start cooking and both of these guys are playing at their absolute best right now the only guy that could probably say hey let's go and mean it is Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the only one. Kyrie's not in that universe, but Kyrie thinks he is. And that, I'm assuming, gets under LeBron James's skin. That LeBron said, dude, come on, man. We know that this is a, a party of one and maybe KD. You're not a part of this. You need to stand. And that he won't stand down, I would think that would bother him. Well, there's sometimes I look in the mirror and I say, you know what, Al? You know what? You look good. Not too bad, but here's the reality, Trav. Uh, you know, I could think one thing, everybody else could think another. I, I, I do, I do kind of find it funny because, you know, when we do look at the best players in the NBA, you're right. I, I think, I, for me, Kevin Durant is the full package, right? And even KD, if that's the closest thing you have competitively to LeBron James, Trav, you know what he had to go do? He had to go to the Golden State Warriors to go get a couple chips. And I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, point finger. This isn't the platform, or not, not it's not the platform. The, the subject I'm trying to make or the point I'm trying to make is not about him leaving. But I'm saying that just kind of shows you how LeBron is in his own island. 
Just no, completely they're, they're, his own island. Le, Le, LeBron's competing with Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain. Th- th- those are the guys he's competing mm-hmm. with. There's nobody in the league. Because when it's all said and done, Kevin Durant will go to the Hall of Fame. Steph Curry's going to go to the Hall of Fame. James Harden, these guys, they're, they're going to go to the Hall of Fame. They are great players by any measure. But they're not in the mix for greatest of all time. They're not. They're, 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 they are great players of their era that are Hall of Famers, period, full stop. LeBron's different. Put LeBron to, is competing. LeBron's competing with Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. He's competing with guys that Babe Ruth. He's competing Muhammad with guys Ali, like that. Sure, Muhammad like, Ali. He's mm-hmm. competing with history, not other contemporary basketball players. So to answer, because it is something you brought up in the beginning, tomorrow's game, is this an important game tomorrow for either side? You were saying that you thought it's, it's more important for Brooklyn than it is for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think with KD out, you got eight games left before the All-Star break. Lakers trying to stay kind of in the thick. They want to you want to keep your head as best as you can above water without Anthony Davis. And I'm not saying Lakers are going to crumble, but I think with Kevin Durant out, it does kind of equal some things. I expect Lakers to win tomorrow. Yeah, I hope so. And there's one other thing, too, that's going to take place tomorrow night that gives the Lakers a little bit of an advantage. I'll tell you what that is. That's coming up next. Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. Yeah, you better be careful, Slee. I, I've, I've taken out a few along the way. Usually, guys leave me. They go on. No, to I'm your next other, target. I know. Other networks I know, or network gigs instead of local gigs. But mm-hmm. uh, just just understand that you uh, that, that, yeah. that you're on the list now. Very aware. Very okay, aware. Good. So they're, they're starting already. This is the one we get. The AC says, "Trav, we talking deals tonight?" And there's a picture of Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh when they were both coaching in the Pac-12. That's where that comes from. Do you remember that when Pete Carroll was dealing with Jim? Jim Harbaugh was constantly running his mouth, and then when after the game, Pete Carroll said, not- "Dude, what's your deal?" <laughs> That's where the whole thing comes from. Everybody's got a deal. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm reading and let me just quick shout out to some of your people here. What are some of your people now too? No, you understand. Listen, it's, it's hilarious. They're sending, I don't know what time this was one o'clock, two o'clock, whatever you put out your tweet. Hey, just reminder, we got a show tonight. Mm -hmm. Guys just sending pictures of cans of beer saying, Hey, can't (laughs) wait for seven. I'll have some interesting (laughs) tweets coming up. I'm like, what? What are, what are these people doing? I love it. Some dude yeah, was at Pizza Port in San Diego, which is a fantastic brewery out there. Yep. Yep. There's They have a, a little affiliate here in San Clemente. So, they're, yeah, they're out there. That was Darb and then Ryan in Laguna Beach. They're all just kind of doing their thing. <laughs> this is good. And then we've got this. This one was sent to both of us from uh, John of Huntington Beach of Fullerton. He lives in two places, apparently. Since Steve Nash is coaching against a former squad, he will honor them by – will he honor them by laying on the baseline like he did his entire Lakers stint? He will. 
See, this is what you can get from these Poor guys. Poor Steve Nash, man. You know, okay, here's the thing about Steve Nash. Okay. That deal, when it was done, when he, when he came to the Lakers, it was universally looked at as a great deal. There was not anybody that was saying, hey, listen, this isn't going to work out. When they had him and Dwight and Powell and Kobe, this was the, hey, look, the Lakers are back. Here it goes. There wasn't anybody that was dumping on that deal when it happened. That Steve Nash got hurt, and that's the way that it goes sometimes. That was a deal that everybody liked. Well, by, by the way, uh, Trav, don't forget, too, I remember – the Chris Paul deal didn't go down, mm-hmm. right? And in the Chris Paul deal, you you had to get rid of um, – Pat was a part of that deal, right? Pat was originally part of the deal, and then yep. he, he came and back. Lamar him and Lamar owed him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%, everybody, you know, you're looking at it and you're saying, wait a minute, we get to keep Pat and we get Steve Nash? I mean, a lot of people thought of that. So Steve, Steve Nash's time with the Lakers, he was at the end of his career – um, you know, as unbelievable as he was as a player, never really got that opportunity with the Lakers, and that's what happens when you age unless you're LeBron James. Well, okay, so that brings us to what we were talking about right before we went to break, and this is something that I think works to the advantage of the Lakers to a point, but to LeBron more specifically, and that is with Anthony Davis being out, with Anthony Davis, and, and we'll circle back to this in a second, but I would expect him to be out for a while. I know they said two to three weeks, and I think that is unbelievably optimistic. I think it probably goes far longer than that, and I think it probably should go far longer than that. That being said, LeBron James now has an opportunity over the next week, two weeks, month, however long AD is out, to keep the Lakers where they are, near the top of the Western Conference, to maybe get them back to the top of the Western Conference, to beat these teams that you and and, and MT were talking about that they have coming up, the good teams that they're going to play, Brooklyn, Phoenix, Portland, some others. Go through that, win a bunch of those games, and basically lock up the MVP before we get to St. Patrick's Day. Well, listen, I I think it's going to be a challenge. Um, I I think these games coming up for the Lakers – First of all, what it does do is it makes the games so much more interesting, Trav. I mean, these just look back at these last couple of weeks. Lakers had five games here, uh, this homestand that they had here at Staples Center, where they were cruising against Detroit as if, ah, well, you know what, let's show up in the second quarter. I mean, might as well not even suit up. Mm-hmm. Might as well not even suit up until halftime against some of these games against the Oklahoma City Thunder. What I think this actually does, now Lakers have legitimate chances to lose games. You know, I, I do think they were walking around so incredibly cocky, which is okay. This is a team that understands game 22 of the season is not as important as being ready for when the postseason starts. But now, in my opinion, it gets interesting. And you mentioned something about LBJ. Don't you just think LeBron, where, and, and you just referenced it, where. Most people might be saying, like myself, hey, you know what? Keep your head above water. If you can go uh, play a little bit better than 500 basketball for now until Anthony Davis comes out, I don't think LBJ is looking at it like that. No. And I think that's what's going to make these next 10, 15, 20 games without Anthony Davis interesting, where before there really wasn't that many storylines with the Lakers. They were just finding ways to win, even though it was um, it was uh, grinding out overtime wins against below 500 teams. No, they, they – I don't care if it's a, a run-of-the-mill NBA player, it's a megastar, or it's one of the all-time greats like LeBron James. You need something to kind of get you going, right? They, to, your, to your point, playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves in the middle of February, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. I, I know that we, we, we talk about these games and, and we like watching them. And it, not that they're not fun. They are fun. It's always fun to watch a basketball game, especially when you've got a guy like LeBron. But they don't matter. There was nothing that was going to happen in that game last night that matters. But now all of a sudden, for all the reasons that you just said, 
These games matter a great deal to LeBron because LeBron very obviously wants another MVP. He feels like he's been shorted on some others. I couldn't agree more. And this is an opportunity to say, look, this is not me riding with Anthony Davis. This is still me being LeBron James and Anthony Davis helping me on occasion. I think that he relishes that opportunity, and that's how he's going to go in there tomorrow night. That's how he's going to approach these games. And this isn't a, hey, let's back off a little bit and just keep our head above water. Let's make sure that we kind of maintain our position or just stay inside the playoff line. This is a, I was already going to win an MVP. Let me show you why. By the way, um, did you know this? Did we talk about this last, I, I don't know, I can't remember if we talked about this last week, but I have gone down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out, you know the last MVP LeBron won? Tell me. 2012, 2013. That's so stupid. Travis, Travis, think about this for a second. Think about this. He was still in Miami, and I think he was 28 or 29 years old. So you're telling me that the most valuable player in the NBA for seven straight years was someone other than LeBron James. And the only reason why I bring that up, because when you say it's so stupid, and I couldn't agree more, and people may say, well, did you see some of Giannis's stats last year? Or look what... Um, and, and there's been some great performances, but the term most valuable player, if LeBron doesn't win it this year, um, we, we got we got bigger problems. And why even pay attention to the award? I mean, I, literally, why even pay attention to the award? What's the purpose of it? Well, okay, here's the thing. The, sometimes you get into these arguments where you split hairs. The, the most valuable player award, is it the award given to the guy that is most valuable to his team, or is it the guy that's the best player in the league and had the best season? Here's where that argument breaks down. No, no matter how you want to define it, it's LeBron. <laughs> whether whether you want to say <laughs> whatever well, okay, criteria who, you want who, to use, who's the most valuable? Okay, mm-hmm. that's LeBron because we've seen what happens to these teams when LeBron leaves. They suck. Okay, we see what happens when LeBron got hurt for the one time in his career a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Lakers kind of fell out of contention because the rest of those guys weren't good enough. LeBron Tra- was the only thing holding that thing together. Trav, or, Trav, how about when he goes to the bench for five minutes to get a breather? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or you look at it now and it's like, okay, who's having the best season? That's LeBron. That's LeBron. LeBron's the best player. He does the most. He's got the three-point shot. He can get to the basket. He distributes. There's nothing that you would want in a basketball player that he doesn't do. So pick your criteria. He's still the guy. That's why him going that amount of time without winning, it, it's stupid. It's stupid. And quite honestly, it, it, it makes the MVP award slightly less legitimate and, and because you just know that that person wasn't the best player or the most valuable because it's always LeBron. I always hear this, and, and it's fair point, right? The only MVP that matters is the finals MVP, and mm-hmm. um, you know what? These guys, they're not paying attention. That's an individual award. Uh, the, all they're worried about is the team awards. I really do feel this year, and I don't think LeBron James is gunning to go get the MVP award, but I think I probably probably in his mind, Trav, don't you think he's sitting back here saying, what the hell, how can seven people win MVP? Think about his, his age. At age 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, and 35 years old of LeBron James' career, at no point was he considered the most valuable player in the NBA. Yeah. What? Well, so think about it like this. Back-to-back seasons, uh, Steph Curry was the MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and Steph Curry is revolutionized the NBA. He changed yep. it. There's there's the NBA before Steph Curry, mm-hmm. and there's the NBA after Steph Curry, and it's and he's the reason that LeBron has added a 35 footer to his game. But if you would go to any general manager, I was at that just going to say, go put Steph say, Curry on yeah. any one of those teams that LeBron had. <laughs> yeah, and and you just said, okay, we're going to put every player in the NBA back into the draft. You have the first pick. Who are you taking? 
every last one of them would have taken LeBron James. Uh, the good old most valuable player award. I don't even know how we got into that. I, I think you were starting to mention that um, I think it's this is a challenge. Right now yeah. is a challenge for him and really a challenge for the Lakers. By the way, you want to win and you want to create good habits and you want these Lakers role players to step up because Anthony Davis is out. But with all that being said, LBJ has got this, op- like you were just saying, an opportunity to uh, get the MVP and, and it, he might be able to do it in the next 30 to 60 days simply because there is no Anthony Davis. They're changing their tactics. This is from John in Huntington Beach. I've switched to banquet, going back to Swami shortly. So he's downgraded his ABV. His alcohol per volume or by volume has gone down so he can get Do to you, the end man. of the line. See, this is, this is, this I is just panic. appreciate the honesty. This That's all tactics. I'm looking for. I like it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about a huge move in Major League Baseball and what it means for the Dodgers because Slee, the Dodgers, and everyone else hmm. reported to spring training. Pitchers and catchers reported. That's coming up next. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Like if Chris wants to call it Trav and the Slee, then it's Trav and the Slee, right? Chris That's it. Make no, these it's, decisions. it's been uh, executive decision has come down. We are taking two letters off my last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I like it with like some a bunch of E's at the end, like Slee. Yeah. Because eh, S-L-I could be Sly, and it's Slee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I definitely pronounced that wrong. Yeah, I, I jacked <laughs> it up. I'm going to go ahead and just stick to the sports part. All right, so I am so thrilled that the baseball season is Oh, this is your close. jam, isn't this, it? I, I have not had more fun watching baseball or talking about baseball than I did last fall. It was just, it was extraordinary. And it was weird too, for, for all of the obvious reasons that no one was able to go to games and there's a bunch of paper cutouts in the seats and everything. But well, the, the, and every game counted so much more, right? Oh, I mean, every dude. game was just, uh, it, it was, it was a great run no matter what, but just the fact that you only had 60 games. So every game was uh, heightened, you know? Oh, you no, know, look, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is we're going to have this Dodgers win the World Series. Here we go. I can't, okay, I can't wait. Can they defend? Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be and then it's April be like, then, 17th. Then, then the week two comes around. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> we, we've got five, five and three quarters months of this before we get to it. But the Dodgers are clearly the heavy, heavy favorites. But the Padres made a huge move today. Yeah. 14 years, $340 million for the guy that I think is the big... Now, keep in mind, you may or may not know this about me, Sleep. Mm-hmm. Corey Seager is my favorite Dodger. Okay. Corey Seager is the guy... This goes back to my time with Key and LZ, where they were talking about Bellinger and Mookie. I'm like, yeah, those guys are great, but I'm telling you right now that Corey Seager is the guy that makes this thing go. Corey Sounds Seager's like a man who knows his thing. baseball. Okay. And... and I, I'm a huge fan. Of that being said, Fernando Tatis is from another planet. Hmm. He's just from another planet. That they went that big this early with him, that the Padres have done what they did, 
I think will help what we and I were just talking about, and that is the Dodgers and Padres are going to be locked in a battle all season long. And, and the Dodgers are better. The Dodgers will win the division unless something weird happens, which does in baseball once in a while. But I love that the Padres went as big as they did on this guy as early as they did. Travis, good for baseball. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a smaller market team. Here's the reality. San Diego's not that small of a market, but they act like a really, really small market. Um, but just a, a face of baseball. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. is not just, oh, well, this is a really popular guy in San Diego. No, Major League Baseball is marketing Fernando Tatis Jr. as if it's, um, you know, one of the faces of baseball. And I just mentioned that because two hours away from Los Angeles is San Diego, California. And there are some, uh, there's some interesting storylines between these two franchises, right? There's, of course, the Manny Machado part. You Darvish is now part of the team. Dodgers are absolutely stacked and swept the Padres in the in the uh, in the postseason. Um, this is good for baseball, but I think more importantly, it's good for Southern California baseball, right? Like well, just well, the two these... best teams in the whole sport mm-hmm. are separated by 90 miles, and they're going to play each other 20 times a year. And it that, never that... And, and it doesn't happen. Dodgers might hold up their end of the bargain. Padres have not. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other part, too, is, and I love this, because I live about halfway between these two places. Mm-hmm. I, I'm about as close to Petco, uh, Petco Park. As you as are to Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Stadium. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, like, right in the middle. So I will go to games down in San Diego mm. when they play the Dodgers, right? And it's Dodger Stadium South. It is my, it, I, I love, and, and I don't, it's a weird thing, because you're supposed to, you're not supposed to like the team that your team is competing against. Dodgers are my team. I like watching the Padres, mm. but I love going down there to watch Padre games when they play the Dodgers because it's 94% Dodger fans inside of Petco Park. I love seeing that. Well, and and just, you know, like like you said, the experience. The experience here in downtown San Diego, all the bars are right there. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. I can only imagine how many you put down by the time you get into Petco Park. I'm not going to judge you or ask you how many, how many you take down before you get there, well, but I'm how, sure that probably how, has how helped with what? your experience. Because here's a tweet from Hector and San Diego. It says, mm-hmm. hey, Alan, as a San Diego native like myself, can you please tell Trav how inferior the taco shops are north of the 78? I, I don't know. He- Look, Hector, San Diego obviously has great Mexican food, great taco shops, but LA, I will put up the taco shops here and the taco the, the taco scene up against anybody. You know so what, as, what you know what SD is known for from, mm-hmm. a, from a Mexican food perspective? The California burrito. You ever had the California burrito? I have, and I don't hate it, but it's not my jam. I don't need French fries in my burrito. I don't need that. I mean, <laughs> let me, let if me I want French fries, I'll get something else. I don't want that this, in this my is burrito. The, this is a great part about that about this debate, about the California burrito. First of all, I don't even know why it's called the California burrito, because it's only in San Diego. So call it a San Diego burrito, okay? <laughs> That's number one. But the second thing, Trav, it's either people love it or I get what you just said, okay? You just right. say, listen— I understand that uh, French fries can go in a burrito. I want them on the side. I want some ketchup and I want a burger. I don't need them yes. in my burrito. Yeah, no, burritos. It's like the are pineapple debate with uh, with pizza. <laughs> yeah, that, well, see that one I can go either way on. If you want to put it to this way, Sliwa, does it fr- look like keep I've the ever fruit on the sidelines? They shouldn't be going on a pizza. Okay, put, whatever you want to put on your pizza is fine by me. You can you you can invite me to your house. And put whatever you want on that pizza, and Travis Rogers will be a willing participant in murdering that pizza with you. Well, I, I'll tell you this: if if there's a question mark between San Diego Mexican food and L.A. Mexican food, yeah, you can't go wrong. You're good either way. Go to any taco shop, which is basically virtually in every corner. You're going to be good to go. I don't know if this is the same Hector, but let's find out. Let's try our first phone call tonight: eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Hector, you are up first. What's going on, my friend? What up, Trav? Yeah, it's me, man. And Alan, welcome to the TRN family, brother. 
Just a couple of housekeeping items before I lay down my takes on my Padres. Alan, please don't mind us in the Twitter feed. It can get a little dark. Just make sure whatever you do, do not Google Maria Luis del Rosario. Oh, no. Come on. Oh, you don't you want can't to go tell to me that and yet. then not go to, and immediately go to Google. <laughs> you know, As yeah, a she's... Padre, though, this season, guys, it's been a whirlwind. We went from losing to the World Series champs, your Dodgers, to making history and spending money like the Yankees. I'm just excited that the actual beat LA chance will start to actually mean something. And, boys, this is my first call to the show, and trust me, when, when we get to the Dodgers v. Padre games, I will be the most hated man in L.A. And I just hope A.J. Preller can pull the trigger and go after the last big free agent out there. And let's bring Ryan and Laguna from the Dodgers to the Padres since he already lives in, in La Jolla. Thank you, boys. Solid yeah, you call. It, Look at this. He uh, came prepared. He, he needs to pump the brakes a little bit. Let me, let me explain. Well, what I, I, well, let, let, me, let me just yeah. jump in here real quick. So yeah, this is go what's ahead. going to happen. All right. The reality is, um, no question about it, the Dodgers are going to be the team to be in Major League Baseball, which, by the way, I didn't even know this. You know nobody's repeated since the Yankees, since their three-peat? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, so no question about it, they're going to be the team to beat. What I will say is, for the first time, San Diego feels like, hey, can we actually be in the same game with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Can we even actually be in the same conversation? So that part's going to happen. But one thing I will tell you with the Dodgers, Trav, how many years do the Dodgers have to go through these just excruciating, tough playoff losses? How many times do they have to taste it before they finally got one? And I think that's only going to bode well for the Dodgers because they they got not only is all the talent there, the experiences there, going to get Justin Turner and signing him to another two-year deal. I mean, whether that's a stats thing or that's just a guy that you want on your roster because he's a winner. I, I mean, there's there's a lot that the Padres will have to make up that the Dodgers have gone through, not just in one year, over the last seven years. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. Sometimes you do have to go through those things you're talking about, and other times you can just kind of show up and make it happen. The Nationals. The Padres, are, right. the Padres are hoping to be in that second group. But here, here's what I want to correct Hector on, because Hector is saying they're spending money like the Yankees. No, they're not. No, they're not. They, 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 they went big on two guys. They went big on Machado, and they've gone big on Tatis. They had no choice but to go big on Tatis, okay, because he's, he's a homegrown guy. He is, like you said, he's not just their best player. He's one of the best players in baseball. He's one of the faces of baseball. And if you can have the face of baseball wearing a San Diego Padre uniform, that's good for the league. But here's, here's where it gets very different from the Dodgers and the Yankees and the teams with real money. If it doesn't work, then they're screwed for a long time because they're not, they, they don't have the resource to say, okay, we're in on Machado, we're in on Tatis, let's go get this guy. And if it doesn't work, we'll trade him, we'll go get this guy. This is a one shot, we're all in. If it works, great, we can keep it rolling. If the Dodgers go, and this isn't going to happen, but if the Dodgers gave Mookie Betts the deal that they gave him last year, and all of a sudden Mookie Betts just couldn't get the ball out of the infield, the Dodgers are fine. Even with that giant contract hanging around their neck, the Dodgers would be fine because they can go get the next guy. The Yankees can go get the next guy. The, the, you can cover up your mistakes with money if you're the Dodgers and Yankees and you know Cubs and teams like that. Padres don't have that luxury. If this doesn't work or if Manny Machado gets hurt or the production drops off or one of these pitchers doesn't perform and, 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 and all of a sudden you've got a guy making $340 million on a team that's just kind of spinning their wheels and can't get out of second place – you're in a you're in a really bad spot. Well, it's very simple, Trav. There's certain markets that can do certain things, 
and they have the luxury of doing what you were just talking about, San Diego's a type of market where we got no choice. And we have to go all in on this guy. And like you said, it could work or it could not work. You know, I'm going to use NBA as an example. Sometimes people will say, how the hell did this player get this much money in this market? Because that team had no choice. They were either going to pay that guy or another, you know, they're obviously most likely not going to get him in free agency. Most suitors are not going to markets that they don't want to be at. And I think that's the advantage, obviously, a franchise like the Dodgers have. But but this is what stands out more than anything else. You could have all the money in the world and just spend it like a complete idiot. You the combination the from the Dodgers, I almost said the other <laughs> word. I almost said it twice. I had to uh, second-guess myself two different times. But, but, Trav, the Dodgers are not just spending money carelessly. Everything they're doing has been strategic. So it's the combination of not only have you put together this type of roster, but you've spent that money wisely. Yeah, no, look, it, it's going to be fantastic. It can't get started fast enough. I can't wait for Trevor Power to say the first thing that he says. And everybody goes, hey, wh- what? What did he say? I'm looking forward to that a great deal. All right, LeBron was talking about the Nets coming in and the three-headed monster that they're going to bring. And he said, y'all have forgotten about one of the great trios already. We'll talk about that trio and get your best trio, that being on Twitter. Nick Van XL, Eddie Jones, and Cedric Sabalos. I mean, that's the Not best, the correct answer. Probably the greatest Not trio. Not the correct answer. We'll get all that. That's coming up. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Is that your deal, Slee? I, I don't know what it is. Is this Weezer right now? I think so. I don't know. You're, this is like, like I said, in the in the famous words of Marge Simpson, music is none of my business. I, <laughs> I, I can no do idea. I can do reggae twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Really? But but um, you know, back in the days, I'd listen to Weezer. I'd listen to No Use for a Name, uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Red Hot Chili Peppers, but but right now at this stage of my life, I could do we I could do reggae all day long, but like old school reggae, not right. even like today's reggae. All right, so here's a tweet that'll get us going in the right direction. This one is from uh, Fuzzy Dunlop. It says burrito sub and IPA hashtag Trav's trio. We'll we'll get to me in a second. Um, LeBron was asked if Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden's the best NBA trio that he's ever seen. And he very quickly said, what, have you guys already forgotten about what they had in Golden State about five minutes ago with Clay, Steph, and Kevin Durant? The point being that this stuff changes really, really quickly. I don't know why. And look, I get it. Brooklyn's going to be good. We're going to get a good look at him tomorrow night. But I don't know how a, 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 a trio that has played together, how many games have those three guys actually played together? I think seven. Yeah, I mean... I think. I, it, I, I I thought that's what I read today. It's not many, and why are we so quick to to, to crown them the greatest trio ever when they haven't done anything? Well, I, I, I would completely disagree. I would put up their jerseys in the, uh, <laughs> the Raptors. I mean, I don't know what more you want to see. Uh, we've already, <laughs> I don't know. A playoff win? They had an overtime win where they gave up like 145 points. What more do you want to see? 
Yeah, that's <laughs> look. I, I will say this: if it just gets into the first one to 150, they're yeah, going to be hard win. to beat. They're going to win that one. <laughs> yeah, but if it gets into something played in the you know below 110, they might have a bigger challenge. Well, th- this is the this is the biggest question, and obviously Lakers taking on the Brooklyn Nets, and um, I I believe that it will be the Lakers and the Nets in the NBA Finals. Okay, so I I think there is a lot of conversation about this, but what makes trios what makes them work in the NBA, and I know we can go outside of the NBA, but what makes them work is everybody knows exactly their role, and each one of these players complement another player. So whether it was Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James, and all three of them had their own specific roles and they were okay with that role, that's going to be the foundation and that's going to be the key. Uh, you know, the Kobe Shaq days, it was different because I was looking up greatest trios of all time. They tried throwing Kobe and Shaq and Fisher. God Stop. bless Derek Fisher, but it, the conversation is different. It's Kobe and Shaq. So um, that that's what I think will be the question mark with the Brooklyn Nets. Do you have guys that are actually willing to sacrifice? I don't know how much those players complement each other, but in my opinion, they don't really complement each other. Well, that's it. I think there's there's a ton of redundancies in what they do that you look at the great trios, and then we'll, we'll start in the NBA, but go and we'll start here in L.A. Think about the Showtime Lakers. It's the greatest trio, in my opinion, it, of all time. Right? I mean, you're talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who, if anybody says, is the greatest player of all time, they're not wrong. Sure. You know, we, you, you can argue about Michael Jordan. You can argue about LeBron James, maybe Will, and those are good answers, but if anybody says, you know the greatest basketball player of all time, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you can't say, oh, that's crazy. Which it's- Michael Thompson says. Michael says it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it, and, and this is somebody that played against all these guys. It, it, it probably is, and especially if you put everything into it and not just NBA, because he basically never lost in college. Mm-hmm. He won six NBA championships. Mm-hmm. His high school basketball team is one of the legendary high school basketball teams of all time, so he is certainly on that list. Magic Johnson is arguably the greatest point guard yeah, he was of okay. all time. He, he, he was he, okay. He was pretty He was pretty good. Then you had this other dude, I don't know, James Worthy, who was just a Hall of Famer out there. He was the <laughs> third best player on those teams. And James James Worthy would have been the best player on most teams in the NBA for most of his career. And they all complemented each other. Mm-hmm. They all There was no, you know, the, actually that's the perfect word is redundancy is the perfect word because at the end of the day, there are a lot of times if you watch a Brooklyn Nets game and you're like, just throw in another ball. Let's just have two basketballs out there. Because <laughs> if you have two, everything gets worked out. But there is. There is a lot of redundancy and until they kind of figure that out. But what, what were some of the other names that you were you were going to throw out there? Well, you know, that's the, the the Laker one. The Showtime one is the one that comes to mind. You you have – the Dodgers actually have two trios right now. Now, like much like the Brooklyn Nets, you need to see it a little bit longer for one of them. But the other one I think has already established itself as one of the best going right now, and that's Bueller, Betts, and Seager. Those three guys, I mean, if you're talking about guys one, two, three in your order, and I'm not talking that's where they're going to hit, but you're not getting three better players than those three guys. And then the Dodgers have one in the rotation, too, with Bueller, Kershaw, and Bauer. Now, we need to see how Bauer does when he gets over here, but that's I don't, ridiculous. Expect, just, I don't expect you, him to be anything other than great, right? You even saying that about just keeping the uh, keeping the uh, pitchers on one side and keeping, obviously, the, the, the offensive and defensive players on the other. Do you know how ridiculous that is to say? <laughs> that is well, so that's ridiculous. why the Padres just gave Fernando Tatis a third of a billion dollars because they have to try to do something. I had my cousin text me when he saw that deal, and he said, 
uh, where'd the Padres get all this money? Uh, where the Padres get all this money from? I feel like my taxes just went up. He's, he's <laughs> in San Diego. Well, those two dollar fish tacos on Tuesday night games are now twenty twelve dollar <laughs> fish tacos on Tuesday night games. Those, are, by the way, if you haven't gotten to do that, you're doing it wrong. I know that we're we're at a weird time where you can't go, but find a way to get that done. Here's some other trios. What about Manny Mo and Jack? What about those guys? Not bad. It's a by the way, trio. By the way, how about uh, how about uh, Jack, Janet, and Chrissy from the Three's Company. What, what do you I think of that, that trio? I love that. That was actually on my list, Lee. By the way, when they went, uh, when when that show came out, mm-hmm. I didn't get it at all because I was I was a kid, right? Like seven or eight. I didn't understand like the deal that why I didn't understand why it wasn't okay for Jack to live there. I didn't understand why he had to masquerade as a gay man I love to it. make it okay. I, I like I, I just none, none of it none, none of it made any sense to me. I just know that Chrissy was on that show and that Larry Dallas lived upstairs, and I liked those guys. Yeah, that's all that mattered. That's all that mattered. <laughs> By the way, from I was looking at this too from a, a sports perspective. You know, it is it is pretty – these trios are so rare, but some of these that stand out, just look back at the Braves days. You you know, you were just talking about some of the pitchers, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and, and mm-hmm. John Smoltz. We didn't even mm-hmm. mention Jordan Pippen and Dennis Rodman. We didn't mention Troy Aikman, Michael the Irving, and, and Emmett Smith. I mean, we didn't, I mean, it's it is pretty – it's pretty rare. And to just all of a sudden throw KD, James Harden – and Kyrie Irving in anywhere near of that type of a conversation is incredibly disrespectful. You know why those guys aren't one of those trios? Is because I bet you that those guys hate being associated with the other two. Take your pick of who it is. The other, you could take any of those three guys, K- and they're KD, probably looking at the other two like KD is I good. Know. KD, I feel like, I think KD is very comfortable with just being Kevin Durant and whatever it takes and all that stuff. I know, I know you're giving me the you're giving me a look like you're not too sure. But the fact that just use Golden State as an example, he was cool to say, okay, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and I know it was an unbelievable team. Was he though? Team. Then why did he leave? If he was so cool, just kind of hanging and being one of the guys there, why is he in Brooklyn? Mission accomplished. You know, got two chips. Would have had a third if he didn't get injured. I mean, why? Why do he leave Oklahoma City? I think if he had because just, Russell Westbrook was there and everybody hates playing with him. If he had just won one in Oklahoma City, um, you know that that's an unbelievable accomplishment. Left and kind of this was his journey, and now he's trying a new journey. What about Snap, Crackle, and Pop? What about that trio? Those guys from the Rice Krispies. Yeah, that's not bad. Who here's they're one a little lead. overrated. <laughs> those are. By the way, uh, Rice Krispies. I haven't had one of those about, in a long time. What is it? Maybe. Two and a half seconds in milk, they turn into wallpaper paste. Those things are terrible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are not organic. I don't know if you're going to be finding that at uh, in a uh, Whole Foods grocery Lee, store. Lee Peterson has, how about a BLT for the all-time trio? Hard to beat a BLT, Slee. A little overrated, too. What? A little overrated, it's, too. Do you not know what's in a BLT? Do you not know what the B in a BLT is? It's bacon. <laughs> Then how can it be overrated? It's a it's a bacon sandwich for God's sake. I don't know. Bacon gets so much love. I mean, bacon's overrated a little bit. I'm sorry, Trav. So okay, so this is going to be the thing. This, this is your Brenda Walsh Hill that you're going to take on our second show. You already staked out your I don't Brenda know, Walsh. I don't know if I believe episode one. <laughs> I don't know if I've believed both, but yes, I'm going with both of them. I don't know how much I don't know how much I believe what I'm even saying, but I'm I'm running with it. I'm still gonna run with it. Speaking of, back to our nine oh two and oh, this is from TFP. LeBron James is Claire Arnold. I like that a lot. Kyrie is Lucinda, that married older lady Brandon had an affair with. 
Yeah, because she's crazy, just like Kyrie is a little crazy. I like this. We, our, our people are taking good care of us. Yeah, I've I've definitely gone down the list here. Uh, probably, probably some better looking. Yeah, there's probably some better looking women than Brenda Walsh, but uh, it's it's okay. Okay. Right. California burrito should be named the San Diego burrito. You said that the same way the Angels were eventually renamed the Anaheim Angels. Yeah, remember the when they were trying to be the California Angels, that never felt right. You don't get the whole state. Like you can be the whole state if you're the Colorado Rockies and you're the only one there. Right. There are five Major League Baseball teams <laughs> in California. Yeah, you don't get that title. You definitely it don't does. get that title. No, no chance about. It. All right. LeBron James MVP. Odds up, odds down, going into the term without Anthony Davis. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.